Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Want to get a little more from every sip? Smartwater Alkaline doesn't just taste crisp and pure. It's loaded with everything you need to perform at your best, whether you're running marathons or boardroom meetings. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. Welcome to the Pride of Detroit PODD cast, prideofdetroit.com, Pride of Detroit on Twitter, Pride of Detroit on Facebook. You know where to find us. I say Twitter, but uh, I, I think we're still on Twitter, to be honest. I think that uh, we haven't been annihilated from there. Um, I just checked there right now and rate limit is exceeded. So unfortunate, unfortunate, but understandable. Coming to you live on twitch.tv slash Pride of Detroit. Uh, back after a week of time off, I mean, the POD, cat, the POD cast feed itself does not stop. Thanks to Ryan, Jeremy, and Eric for uh, continuing with other coverage with uh, the mailbag, with the Twitter spaces, with which was a, uh, an adventure to sa- save that audio. And, of course, to First Bite. Uh, I am Christopher Fett, the adequate host at Christopher Fett on Twitter and also on Blue Sky at no decaf dot blue sky dot social rolls off the tongue what's that <laughs> that rolls off the tongue i know i know it, <laughs> it, it, it's weird and stupid it's just at no decaf on there how about that there n-o-d-e-k-a-f that right there is jeremy reisman the fearless leader at detroit online who's going to get a blue sky invite as soon as i figure out how to get one i don't like the name blue sky because when i see it i pronounce it blue ski Bluski? Bluski. That's what it looks like. Sounds like a hockey name. Bluski. Yeah. Hey, come on come on over here, Bluski. Hey, come on. I see it was gonna go Russian, but now you just made it really Ontario. I like it. Uh here here to help us figure things out is our expert on all things Ontario, Ryan Matthews. The Rock God at Ryan underscore POD on Twitter. We had a request to basically uh, I think someone Ryan thought we had retired the Limp Biscuit drop. And we can't. It happened on accident, but. Kind of happened you know, on accident. Yeah, maybe a happy accident, but yeah. Let's get into a few things. Before we get to the explosions, we have to still get to this long grinding off season, but I do have one bit of uh, housekeeping news we have to do. And this is mostly for our Twitch audience. We mentioned this not on the podcast last week, but now that the calendar's flipped to July. We are trying for a uh, we're trying to get our subscription numbers up and we're trying to get it with non Amazon Prime subscriptions. Uh, Jeremy, I believe the name of it is Super Partner is what we're trying to get for Partner Plus Partner Plus. Excuse me. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, really, basically, we the subscriptions we get on Twitch over here for, for our live audience, we get 50, 50 split with Twitch, but if you make partner plus that becomes 70, 30. So we get an extra 20% of what we earn here on Twitch. And in order to do that, we need to have 350 subscribers for three straight months. That is not an easy thing to do. Um, a lot of big streamers don't hit that number. We think we're capable of doing it. The tricky part about it is that a lot of the subscribing that you typically do, um, like like Chris said, sometimes it's with Amazon Prime. Uh, they offer a free subscription that you can give us. 
they require for this 350 count for them all to be paid. So you can't get gifted a sub. You can't um, you can't use your Twitch Prime. You have to pay for it. But there's a little bit of good news there, Chris. Do you want to give it to him about subscribing for three months? You get a discount. Yeah, you get a disc- get a discount on your months. I just did it for six months. So I got 15 percent off. Yeah. And so this is really only a if you subscribe three months at a time, it's less than a $15 commitment. But um, that's all we're really asking is a $15 commitment. We need to hit this mark three months in a row. You can pay it all at once if you need to pay it $5 a month if you want to, whatever. Um, We'd appreciate the support. We don't typically ask for this sort of stuff, but um, it's kind of it's it's game changing money. Um, And and, um, you know, we know you guys are good for it Um, and, and, you know, we're good for it. We're good for continuing to give you guys as much lines content as we possibly can. It, it helps, it helps, it helps us out a lot and it helps us make the community better a lot. And I know I've pimped this out to the discord as well. And that's a good chance. If you look around, we do have a lions discord. You can join because uh, I don't know, ban rate limit exceeded again for me. That's all I'll say on that. I don't think we've done a podcast since we had the helmets. Have we talked about the helmets at all? We've, Ryan, have we talked about the helmets? We've touched on them in other podcasts, but but Chris, you haven't gotten your word out on them. So if you wanna if you wanna kind of get a quick thought in here on that, you can. Can I be a little bit of a Debbie Downer? If you wanna, I like them, but I don't like that they're blue helmets. Because for whatever reason, I see blue on blue, and I just think of like. Kentucky football had like a blue on blue helmet. And for whatever reason, just reminds me of that. Now, granted, I still tried to get one of them, a replica from my desk, and they sold out very quickly. And that logo should be on more things because it is the hood ornament logo. And I think as more people pointed out, it's being worn with the grays, which also is kind of a downer. Right, Ryan? Like nobody likes the grays. Yeah, that's the worst part of them is that they have yeah. to be worn with an alternate uniform and they already said they're going to wear them with the grays. So, yeah, that's the that's the bummer part. But speaking of blue skies, blue skies ahead, maybe maybe a whole uniform change next year. Hmm. I like I like that tease. I mean, I like that tie in. Yeah, to me, like I'm I'm not judging the helmet with uniform combos yet until we see the what presumably is, is new uniform changes next year. So. Just, yeah, I, I want to see some modeling of it too. Right. Yeah. We'll get it. It'll be we'll fine. Get it right. One thing that isn't fine is once again disrespect being thrown at the Lions, and fans had us on DEFCON all about this as we've hit that point in the offseason where we're just doing rankings. Yep. We're just all doing rankings. We're all getting stuff together. ES- ESPN and PFF, however, have a couple of rankings that I think. Lions fans the past couple of weeks have gotten their teeth into and seem fairly upset about it. We'll start with ESPN, who ranked the uh, NFL rosters and discussed strengths and weaknesses. And Detroit ended up coming in 17th across the league as far as roster strength. Uh, my browser is crashing. So give me a second. Uh just behind they come in at 17th behind the Steelers Jaguars and sure to make Jeremy the most upset the uh the Vikings yeah and I'm waiting for ESPN to load and I'm trying to like okay so ESPN says strongest unit offensive line okay cool but then says weakest unit defensive tackle x-factor for 2023 Cameron Sutton 
non-starter to know quarterback Hendon Hooker. I don't think you need to know Hendon Hooker too much, even though I like him. I don't think he's a factor Agreed. for 2023. So that's that's where we start. Let's let's go through this before we talk about PFF when what they had to say about the the receiver unit. Um, I know you're upset, Jeremy, about being behind the Vikings. And yeah. I'm wondering how much of some of this is. I'm more baffled by Jaguar. Uh, Jaguars, I get a little bit. Steelers, I don't understand quite well. But this seems like, I don't want to say people are sleeping on the Lions, but it seems like now there, were, there was enough hype on the national level from some people like Mina Kimes about the Lions, and now this feels like some cold water from the same publications. Yeah, right. It feel it does feel like there's a kind of this overcorrection happen. Like they they feel like maybe people overcorrected on the lines and now they're trying to pull them back or what it is, whatever it is. I don't know. I don't I don't know how you can justify having the Vikings over the Lions because I'm looking I'm looking they at the won rosters. 12 games. Um where are they better than the Lions outside of Justin Jefferson? Tight end maybe TJ Hawkinson at this point is probably a better player than than Sam Laporta is. Offensive line isn't better. Running back, I, maybe. I, I mean, Alexander Madison, I don't know how, how excited you are about that. Their defensive line is terrible, and Daniil Hunter might not even be on their team next year. They might trade him away. I know you just have to rate the roster for what it is right now, but he, he might get traded before the season starts. And then who do you have? Harrison Smith and no one else in the backfield? Like, a bunch of really, really young guys. I look at this Lions team, and... There's a lot of proven concepts here. There's David Montgomery, Amon Ross St. Brown, an offensive line that's good from top to bottom. Aiden Hutchinson's coming back after com- placing second in, in defensive rookie of the year. Alex Anzalone's coming off a good year. C.J. Gardner-Johnson is better than any other defender that, that the Vikings have. Like, every single position, they are better than the Vikings outside of maybe wide receiver. I don't get it. Here's the thing that I think the national perspective is counting on from Minnesota. Like you said, Justin Jefferson, right? Like you feel like you, you know exactly who Kirk cousins is going to be. So that feels like a constant, you know what I mean? Like they feel Mm -hmm. comfortable enough to say, okay, they have this part of their passing attack. Plus they added TJ Hawkinson who had like some pretty big games for them after the trade deadline. So you can, you can look at their passing offense and say, okay, like it'll be good because we know, like Kirk Cousins is a commodity that we know. You look at defense and Jeremy, I think I think the only guy is Daniel Hunter. Like that's the only guy who I think you, you look at the rest of this list and the teams that are ahead of the Lions. There are a lot of teams that I do agree that, yeah, their their roster is probably top to bottom, um, are better than Detroit's. But there's some teams that are just like it's because they have a superstar. Right. Right? Like, and you look at both sides of the Lions. Where is the quote unquote superstar playmaker, right? So with the Vikings, I get it because Daniel Hunter, in in my opinion, if he's healthy, top five edge defender in the NFL. So I I, I get and the priority that that they put on, you know, the the pass rushes is is enormous. But like, I mean, just some of the other teams that are above them, like um, Pittsburgh. Exactly. Like their defense. I, I don't understand lot. Pittsburgh. So, yeah. so they, they have a defensive superstar right. that they can point at and say, well, we know this guy's like maybe defensive player of the year tier category, stratosphere, whatever you want to say. But just with the Lions, 
defense. Like, I don't think that there's a player that they can point to and say, this guy is an absolute monster. It requires projection. A little bit. But like, I, you I, also have CJ Gardner-Johnson and Aiden Hutchinson, two guys who've proven a lot in the last year or two. Well, Hutchins, Hutchinson did it in a half of a season. Sure. The, the second the one half I'm... of the season was really good. But yeah. like, is he a superstar? He's not TJ Watt right now. He's not Daniil Hunter. Like, he could be by the end of the season. But the, it, it requires projection, like I said. Yeah. The one I'm still trying to figure out is Jacksonville. Because like, yes, like I think to fitting to Ryan's like theory, they have Trevor Lawrence. But after Trevor Lawrence, it, Ryan, I, I can't really like, I don't think Travis Etienne is that. I'm not going to talk about Dearness Johnson. Um, Cam Robinson's on a PED suspension. Like, yeah, I, what, 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 what does, what do the Jags have that's like really that strong outside of Trevor Lawrence? That uh, I mean, he's well, going to have Calvin Ridley, I guess. So, but I don't so think he's one, Calvin Ridley, Ridley of old. Well, who knows? I mean, that remains to be seen. I mean, the guy's still really young, but he hasn't played football in like mm. what, like two years, basically. So, um, I mean, it, it's it's been a while since he's been on the field consistently. So, I, I think what they did is Christian Kirk like way overperformed mm-hmm. in that first season of that huge deal that everybody kind of pointed at the Jags and laughed. I think their passing offense is going to be pretty good. Uh, no, again, I agree. But but I look at I look at their defense. Like, who is the quote unquote superstar in their defense? Like, I, I could I could see like I don't know. There's a lot of parallels with Jacksonville's team and with Detroit's team. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I I think there's something going on, and I have a particular theory about why the Lions are getting ranked too low. But I think we have to cover the PFF well, discussion for before oh, we do go, really go quick. On, the, yeah. the, the the only I thing mean, I want to point out is that despite the Lions being 17th on this list. They're still the sixth highest NFC team on the list, which is kind of interesting. And, and again, still shows, seems too low, though, doesn't it? it? It does. Right. Because I think they're above the Vikings. I, I one team I think is hold curious on. that as high as they are is the Denver Broncos. But um, like, oh, hold on. But like the Cowboys are six on this list, too. Like, I'm sorry. We're, we're still doing this with the Cowboys. Like Dude. they're probably better than the Lions, but they're not six in the NFL. I think they are actually. I think no, the Cowboys. No. I, I think the Cowboys have, for a very long time, had an extremely talented roster and a poor coaching staff, and that remains. Well, that crazy. coaching staff just got more poor this year. Yeah. Yeah. Are the are the Cowboys ahead of the 49ers to you though? Because they are on this list. 49ers the, the, are ranked the, eight. The the the, the Cowboys not. are ahead of the Chargers, who got the best who got the best asset from the Cowboys and Kellen Moore over to them. And I don't know. There's a lot of question marks with Justin Herbert. Like, I know a lot of people love him, but then there are a lot of people that don't like him. No, they don't. And yeah, I have a I have a theory on the Lions, but I think that kind of goes needs to go through the PFF uh, part first, who also published a list about receiver core rankings. This is just receiver cores. Lions clocked in. Where do you think they clocked in, Ryan? I know you probably already looked at it, but. I did not illuminate oh. me. The Lions receiver core are ranked 23rd in the NFL by pro football focus. Bottom 10, technically. Quote, Amon Ross St. Brown took a step into the elite category or earning a 90.4 receiving grade last season. Detroit moved on from TJ Hawkinson via trade in the middle of the year, but they have Marvin Jones Jr., 
Josh Reynolds and added rookie Sam Laporta, who's sure to be a decent part of their passing game. Lions are sandwiched in between the Falcon, the Cleveland Browns, the Atlanta Falcons. Just rubbing it in <laughs> for Ryan. Kyle, like just insult to injury with Kyle Pitts being below the Lions. I have a theory about what's going on. I think that the Lions, and, and I'm not saying that this is that it's legitimate or a wrong reason to put them as low. But it does feel like the Lions have started to stash a little bit more cash in a younger core. Like they mentioned TJ Hawkinson and TJ Hawkinson was fine, but we also saw how Jeremy, I, I don't want to say he was easily replaced, but the Lions found other ways to get the production out of their tight ends and other receiver receiving options without him. But you had now have for your TE one, probably not TE one to start the season, but you're looking to a rookie in Sam Laporta to pick that up. And some of that other receiving, we've talked a lot about Jameer Gibbs in this off season, who I guess, I don't know. Do they consider that even though he's a running back? They should. I, I, they absolutely should. They, they should. They should. But I'm just saying, like, it's it's combined that with they don't even mention DJ Shark, which I thought was probably like if you want to criticize the Lions on losing Shark, that's that's totally one thing, because it is a question of Jones, Marvin Jones will replace that production. But 23rd, I don't I don't see this at all other than you just start just poo pooing on how. How many more young receivers, including, I mean, Jamison Williams on the suspension the Lions are probably leaning towards in their passing game. Well, yeah, okay. So, I mean, we've talked about this a couple times, right? The Lions are going through a lot of change in their skill position this year. Mm -hmm. And and that requires, like you said, a lot of projection. It, it's tough to put together lists like this because, especially when you're a Lions team that are going to be relying on two different running backs, a brand new tight end, a brand new wide receiver or two, um, it, it's a lot of juggling. But... This is also ridiculous. I'm just, like, I'm sorry. It's it's ridiculous. They don't even mention Jameson Williams in the piece. They don't even mention Jameer Gibbs in the piece. Those are going to be their two explosive weapons in the pass game. And if you just, let's zoom out a little bit. The Lions' offensive weapons in the pass game include this year's 12th overall pick, last year's 12th overall pick, a second-round tight end who's basically a first-rounder, a Pro Bowl wide receiver and I'm like one of the best, if not the best slot receivers in the game, not to mention a wide receiver who you, your publication called one of the most underrated receivers in the game because his separation skills blow everyone in the NFL out of the water, apparently in Khalif Raymond. And I'm not, again, we're not, I didn't even mention Josh Reynolds, who is kind of an essential and, and underrated guy, this passing attack. Yeah, I, I don't know. You you look at the the uh, the teams that are ahead of them. I mean, it, it is kind of puzzling because you you see like Washington in in their write up, like it talks about Antonio Gibson's receiving ability out of the backfield. So it, it is pretty curious that they don't mention Jameer Gibbs at all whatsoever. Um, but the, I mean, the Cleveland Browns, like Amari Cooper is your number one wide receiver. Like, yeah, I can't buy that. Amari Cooper's cool, but. I mean, I, I feel like that's a big disservice to Amon Ross St. Brown. It almost feels like 
it almost feels like they're discrediting the Lions and putting them at 23rd because their best, most dependable receiver right now, as it stands today, is a slot receiver. And I feel like slot receivers always get treated like that in the NFL. So Amon Ra, again, like it, it seems like you equate that that slot position receiver with a a nice floor, but like the ceiling's limited on him. So that's why, you know, not even mentioning Jamison Williams, who has an incredible ceiling and could be one of the best receivers in the NFL. Once he finally gets on the field, it, it seems dismissive and it seems short-sighted. You, you know, what's ridiculous. The Los Angeles freaking Rams are 14th on this list. And basically the only thing they say is Cooper cup. Yeah. He's one really guy. good. He's really good. Um, but beyond that, like what what's intriguing about the Rams passing attack, right? Van Jefferson, Tyler Higby. Uh, yeah, and you've you've already lost me. Like, right? I, those those I, seem like replacement level players. Yeah, I I even quibble with like the next one that lists to the Baltimore Ravens. Like, okay, credit to them, they do admit and say Odell Beckham Jr. doesn't elevate the group that much, but it still strengthens the group. He's they say, and then. The part I'm still struggling about, like we're talking about, like I thought for a while, like maybe this list is a lot about past production and it's kind of biased towards that. But then they say Rashad Bateman is in for a breakout year. Which he might be. But I feel like, but I feel like if you're going to put the Lions down because of how much of this seems to be rookie talent. And then saying Rashad Bateman is poised for a breakout year. To put the Ravens receiver core up at at uh, fifteen. Well, let, let's keep it in the division. The Chicago Bears are thirteenth on this list. So, who Jesus would you rather Christ. have? DJ Moore, Chase Claypool, Darnell Moody, Cole Komet, or Jameson Williams, Amon Ross, St. Brown, Josh Reynolds, Khalif Raymond, Sam Laporta. I'm taking option. I'm taking door number two. I mean, I'm definitely taking door number two as well, but it does feel like more of a gamble just because there are unknown commodities. However, and that's that's what it all comes down to, right? Is like, you don't know what you have in Sam Laporta. You don't know what you have in Jameer Gibbs. You don't know what you have in Jamison Williams. I understand all of that. But at the same time, like, do you know, do you know Chase Claypool? Like, I know who Chase Claypool is. (laughs) It's not that good. (laughs) No, like, that's why I'd be willing to bet on the Lions position players over him. I know who Cole Komet is. Right. It's yeah, it's like a wide open touchdown Cole, against the Lions last year. Cole Komet yeah. is well, worst case scenario Sam Laporta. Like Sam Laporta floor is Cole Komet, in my opinion. Yeah, what what kind of dog breed is Cole Komet? If Sam Laporta is a golden retriever, who's Cole Komet? Is this the new thing we're doing? Oh is, man, is, that... when hold up. When, I'm sorry, when did I'm we start doing I, I just want to know when did we start doing was I here for when we started doing the dog breeds or is this my bad memory no, or what? This is just Sam Laporta is a is a golden retriever. He is a happy go lucky golden receiver as we've okay. been calling him. Okay. Dog breeds. Yeah. The and the way Jeremy said a mutt sounded really derogatory, but <laughs> I, I kind of wanted to pull it back immediately. Yeah. Do no, I have to edit sure. it? No, you don't. The 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 one team though that that really bugs me is the New Orleans Saints because in their write up it says I might be one of the few, but I still believe Michael Thomas has plenty left left in the tank. The guy hasn't done anything since 2019. Nice. <laughs> How old is he now? I mean, 2020 he got hurt. 2021 he missed completely because of the ankle injury. Um, uh, he's at 30. The dreaded 30. Uh, mm, I'm good. Like I, I think I think Michael Thomas has come and gone. So really they have Chris Olave. 
So Chris Olave is just better than anything the Detroit Lions have. Okay. Okay. Where, I, I, where would you where would you think that they would be though? Like twenty three seems too low. I th- I think it should be middle of the pack. Like I think I think the ceiling of this unit is top five. I really do. Oh, okay. Because I mean, look, I mean, if everyone plays out to their draft position, if Jamison Williams turns out to be worth the twelfth overall pick, and so does Jameer Gibbs, and and so does Sam Laporta at thirty five or whatever it is, like you have invested a lot in that unit and. And they should be really good. And I, I think I think the variety of what everyone brings to helps everyone else in that group, right? And I don't know if they factor that sort of in, like having a deep threat, having a short threat, like Amon Ra, having a guy out of the backfield, having like being so diverse in in what their weapons are, I think elevates the entire group. And so if everyone reaches and and listen, it's it's July, right? Everyone is looking at their team and saying, if everyone reaches their full potential, we're gonna be awesome, right? I understand that. Is everyone on the lines going to reach their full potential? Probably not, but they invested high draft picks at every skill position over the past two or three years. And if that doesn't pay off, then then Brad Holmes isn't who we think he is. And Brad Holmes, I think, is who we think he is. So that's why I think this has the potential to be a top five unit right now because there's so many question marks. And I think you can go back to the defensive roster too and and, and maybe why they were so low on, on ESPN. Like, they're going to rely a lot on Jack Campbell. They're going to rely on a, a lot on Ali McNeil and and Aiden Hutchinson and and you know Kirby Joseph. Um, a lot of young players that we still don't know how consistent they can be. But if they're if what we've seen, you know, flashes of really at everyone like we've seen flashes of JMO. We've seen seen you know training or OTAs of of Sam Laporta. We know what Jameer Gibbs can do. Like if all those flashes turn out to be long term things, like. This is a very talented roster. This is an extremely talented group of, of of receivers. And so I think top five potential, if you had to grade or, or rank these with, with so many unknowns, I'd still make them like at least middle of a pack. Bottom 10 to me is ridiculous. It is ridiculous. And I think that we think that we all think that this is ridiculous. All we can do with the offseason is think. Let's take a break here. When we come back on the other side, uh, NFL handed down some more suspensions on gambling, including two more former Lions. I know Lions fans still want to ask about the Jamison Williams suspension. And just in general, I have thoughts about the NFL policies in regards to this as well. We're also going to uh, take a crack at a list cast that might appear on its own separate podcast. We're going to do that here in the break. And maybe put that out separately. But uh, when we come back in the Pride Detroit POD cast, more offseason. All the fun that you can have. We'll be right back. Right, a Detroit POD cast. I think this one's a bit more of an NFL topic we are going to tackle right now, but I think there are certain elements of this that tie back to the Detroit Lions, including some of the players which count as former Lions, which is probably the biggest story right now in the NFL and has been talked about on the national level 
quite a bit the last few days, which is that once again, we got more of these suspensions coming down from the league office in regards to players gambling. In particular, mostly seem to be on players, Jeremy, who have gambled on the NFL itself, which, as we said before, really not a lot of help we can do for you. But we're now up to about we have like seven players who have received suspensions between gambling on NFL and I actually not we're up to nine. Nine. Nine players this offseason alone who have received suspensions either indefinitely or up to a year for gambling on the NFL itself or six games for like Jamison Williams for gambling on non NFL sports in a team facility or activity. And the ones we have to add to the list are two former Lions, Rashad Berry and Demetrius, Demetrius Taylor were suspended indefinitely for betting on the NFL. Also, Isaiah Rogers from the Colts and six games for Nicholas Petit Frere. Uh, Barry and Rogers were both waived by the Colts and probably their careers are done at this point to be, if we're being honest, but you never know. I don't know if they will challenge these suspensions, but I, I, I think I've seen some people try to frame this Jeremy as a gambling problem for the NFL. I don't see it as that. This seems like the results of several investigations that were happening over the past calendar year. And I think this is also a phase where this is we're just the NFL is just making examples of people. As we've covered before, it's very clear the the, the league did not explain some of its policies very well. However, a lot of these are from gambling on the NFL, which should still be very clear to a lot of players. But I, I guess, are you surprised at that this is still going on? And are you And I, I guess, coming off of that, are you for the, in the case of the Detroit Lions? Are you worried that so many of these are still coming from former Detroit Lions players, like Lions players who were here last year in 2020 in Detroit? A lot of these suspensions are, are probably stemming from gambling they were doing here. Yeah, I, I mean, let's I want to start with, like, does the NFL have a gambling problem? I think I'm with you like they did. And this is them taking care of it. Right. This is them mm-hmm. trying to nip it in the bud by both punishing, handing down like severe punishments and altering their educational program. Now making it um mandatory and, and sending people to team facilities. That, and and most importantly, and I think this kind of gets at one of the points I want to get at they're making rookies now go through like a symposium on this. And there's a reason for that, right? If you look at the guys who got suspended, Jamison Williams, second year player, Stanley Berryhill, second year player, Quintus Stevens, fourth year player, CJ Moore, fifth year player, Shaka Tony, third year player, Isaiah Rogers, fourth year, Rashad Berry, fourth year, Demetrius Taylor, second year, Nicholas Petit Freer, second year. All these guys are in the, like the early parts of their career. They're young people, everyone, but Rashad Berry and CJ Moore are 25 or younger. They're, they're growing up in an age where sports gambling is the norm sports gambling is something you can do out of your pocket, not something you have to do over shores or with your bookie, right? It's, it's this normalized thing in society. And so they probably don't attribute sports gambling to, you know, the, the white Sox scandal or, um, you know, the, the NBA referee McDonough or whatever his name is or Donahue, Yeah. Tim Donahue, Yeah. Um, they, they don't know about it, any of that stuff to them. Sports gambling is something you see on during the broadcast, right? Um, all that sort of stuff. And so I think, I think this is the NFL, like putting your fist on saying like, no, I know 
society thinks sports gambling is real, we're still against it, whether it's on the NFL, especially if it's on the NFL. Um, but even even outside the NFL, we're we're not really for this, even though, of course, it's, it's hypocritical, whatever. We we could get into that discussion if we wanted another day. But um, as for the Lions, I think it's the same thing. It's like, yeah, this clearly was a problem in Detroit's facility. It wasn't just the players. They had to fire some individuals inside the, you know, inside the staff on, on both the football and non-football side. They've been made enough of an example at this point where it's like, okay, the next, like there's absolutely no excuse for the next person that does this inside Detroit. And it, it sucks that, you know, of these suspensions, really five of them probably took place of these nine um, with a former lion from last year. Rashad Berry is technically a former Lion, but he was cut, I think, before offseason programs even began last year. So former Lion, I think he's just kind of thrown into this list. I don't think I'm I'm guessing his, you know, when he gambled on on the NFL, it wasn't while he was a Detroit Lion. But either way, it goes back to the point that I think we were making a while back, which is like Lions clearly messed up here too. It's not just the players, it's not just the NFL. The Lions didn't do enough to to emphasize these rules. Um, and and they're paying for it. And Sucks that I guess the good news is really the the only ones that, that really, really, truly hurt them are CJ Moore and Jameson Williams. But you move on, they'll be OK. They're still considered favorites to win the division. Um, just kind of sucks you had to go through this. I, the, the thing with the gambling scandal right now is the the last like scandal or quote unquote like gate that feels like as maybe maybe immense is the wrong word but like as um as covered as talked about is i feel like bounty gate like bounty gate was a huge issue in the nfl and there were mass suspensions there were federal court hearings like there there was a lot that went on with that and Sean Payton got a year for it. That felt like a bigger black eye on the league than Jamison Williams betting on non-NFL stuff at a team facility, and he gets six games. Well, it feels ridiculous. And the the more I think about it, and you know the 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 stuff that happened with the uh, the Titans right tackle was it Petit Friere? Petit Friere, um, yeah. Yeah, him getting suspended for six games for also, you know, betting on non-NFL stuff and in his statement that he that he posted or that the team posted about um or that he posted, I think, yeah, about like not really knowing, right? Like not being educated on it. I think that is another indictment on the league's facilitation of this information to teams. And I, I don't think it's a lion's thing. I really don't. I don't think it's a lion's thing because this is another young player who Jeremy, as you mentioned, it's a different generation and we don't want to keep on pounding this whole like ageism thing into the ground, but like we have these players that are more connected with their phones and having phones is a direct connection to literally being able to gamble within 30 seconds, right? Open your phone, open up your app, place a bet on anything within 30 seconds. And and I I feel like you're combining that with a, with a very heady mixture too, Ryan, and that these guys are alpha competitors. Like you talk, talk to some of the older heads from the NFL, like how many of those guys have talked about, I, I think I was talking with Ephraim Salamba, how competitive he would get 
over like just card games when he was when he was playing like guys get or how many guys we see get competitive when they're playing golf with their friends it's not just limits to the nfl these guys their entire lives have been about competition and gambling is another way for them to prove they're right and they're putting their money where their mouth is in in many ways and it's it's the same like gambling itself sports gambling itself is it hyper targeted to their demographic to 20 some year olds fit and into sports in a very big way it's it's bait to it's it's bait to all of these guys and i think to even more frustrated is that jeremy and i were going over this and this shocked me particularly because of one particular sport but as far as i could tell and i i've been back and forth with someone else about the side of this from mlb but in the other three major leagues in north america the NHL, NBA, and MLB, this rule about not gambling on non-league games at training or at team functions doesn't exist. The rule for them is, is even in baseball, and that's what really threw me off. It's don't bet on our league, and in the case of baseball, you can't bet on any baseball or softball games but you are free to bet on other sports. But there's this, this six-game rule that the NFL has doesn't exist in those three other leagues. But it's funny enough that like the biggest scandals when it comes to gambling have been in baseball. Like yes, Pete Rose Pete, Pete is Rose, one of the, the greatest Sox players fight. in the history of the sport. And he gets a lifetime suspension, right? Yeah. So I... Yeah, it's a great point. Like in the three other North American sports, I don't know how many I, I haven't seen any. Right. Like, I know the rule is just don't bet on your own league. Yeah. So but I think that's the most frustrating part of it is the NFL. Again, they are the ones who got into bed with DraftKings and with BetMGM and with all these different Caesars. sports books, FanDuel. Um, they like they made this choice to make this business venture. And then the players are being punished for things that isn't compromising the integrity of their own game. Right. Okay. How many card games happen on a team flight? Right. That's not a problem. That's gambling. And it's happening. It's happening during quote unquote travel. And you're, you're on quote unquote company time, but because it's not on an app that you're associated with where people can cause a stink about it it's why it's so stupid and like yeah. full transparency. Like I talked to you guys, like before the show, I was like, we're talking about the gambling stuff more. Like it, it just seems so silly to me that the NFL and the NFL is not going to do anything about it. Right. Like they're not going to retract. They're not going to say, right. Oh yeah, we were a little bit too harsh. They're not yeah, going to do that. I, we, we have to pound that in because I think we've gotten a lot of people who still ask all three of us to this day. Like, do you think with more players being caught, we will, will it lead to maybe Jamison Williams suspension being reduced? No. He's being made an example of. And the problem is, is like he's probably the biggest name in all of this. We're still not in a phase where there is like a big name that shocks the entire. A lot of stuff that was talked about on the radio this week when I was at my other job was this doesn't feel like a very big story still. And I think what I hit upon was this is still provincial. We're talking about it as Lions fans and Lions media because it hit the Lions the hardest. But for some other teams, like 
you're, it's not a concern to you yet until it starts hitting your team. For it right. to hit the entire league, you'd probably have to catch a quarterback doing it. And to be honest, I don't think the league would ever let it come out if someone like Patrick Mahomes was gambling. No way. You know how much money that takes away from the NFL? Yeah. And that that's what makes this even worse because that if that's true, that sets up for an even greater scandal down the road. So I don't I, I'm not saying that's happening. And I, I I'm very close to recklessly speculating here. And I don't want to do that. I want to bring it back a little bit. But no matter which way this is, it feels like it's a disaster of the NFL's own creation. And the Lions right now are the ones kind of at the epicenter of it. And fan and Lions fans are at the epicenter of it because they feel like they've been the ones most punished by this. Yeah, and I think the fact that Nicholas Petit Freire got the six game suspension is all you need to know. Like that that Jameson Williams' suspension isn't going anywhere. They just they just laid down an identical suspension for the exact same crime or whatever you want to call it. Infraction is probably more um, <laughs> more apropos. Um, but like. It, I, I will say I, I am surprised that the majority of these that have been laid down are betting on NFL games. That that is surprising to me because because we we were tripping over ourselves like saying there's that athletic these article, rules right these rules are not clear uh, when it comes to gambling on non NFL games. It, it seems very easy to slip up on that saying like oh you're just laying in your hotel room during a bye game and you're watching college football and you're like all right I'll I'll, I'll bet on the over in this game yeah bet on it your alma mater yeah to fall into that trap. It's a lot less easy to justify and even play ignorant when it comes to betting on your own games. And and I know everything I just said at the top was remains true that this is a new generation of people who have a different relationship with sports gambling than we do. But I like, it's hard for me to not, for them not to see the, the link between why it wouldn't be smart to gamble on other games in your league. And like you said, like other leagues, it's not like this, this is a purely NFL thing can't bet on NBA games if you're in the NBA like so it it that to me is is definitely the most surprising thing of of last week's um suspensions but in general I don't know it it, it sucks again like and I I don't want to be this like Detroit versus everybody kind of guy and saying like oh of course it's the line to get the the brunt of the the punishment here but it does feel like that at least a little bit and it's frustrating and um well the but, Titans you know. just lost their starting right tackle True. You know what I mean? And yeah. I, I think the other point that needs to be belabored is you don't see this happening in other leagues. It, it seems like yeah. it's very clear to NBA players that they cannot bet on NBA games. But with that being said, as Jeremy mentioned, there is Tim Donahue. Like, Tim Donahue was really bad. Tim Donahue was really was, bad. Was really bad. It, it was a big deal. And so it almost feels like they had their hand bit. And, and they realized how awful this can be. So mm. they probably they they probably beat that home to like any player yeah. that's coming in the league that you can't do these things. You don't see NHL players doing it. The and, and in baseball, heard, in yeah. baseball, in the clubhouses, up until this new rule, I'm sure it's still there. In every clubhouse, there's a massive sign saying "Don't gamble on baseball." The, yeah. the the entire rules from the PA are laid out there for everyone to see, saying "Don't gamble on baseball" because the, of the history of gambling in baseball. Can Can I tell you the other big professional gambling story that I've heard over the, you know, past like six months? It's sure. been the Chinese basketball league. 
and former NBA players betting on their own Chinese basketball team. Well, didn't didn't MLS didn't MLS just get hit with someone who was like part of like he was taking dives for yellow cards for some sort of shaving scheme? I don't know, but I just keep on coming back to the fact that Deshaun Watson was originally suspended for six games. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I think I think the point you guys are bringing up is is salient, right? Like it, it yeah. clearly is. There's there's an educational problem in the NFL. It's not like NFL players are more stupid than NBA players or more stupid than than MLB players. It's it's, it's it wasn't beaten into their head enough by by the league, and and that's something we've been saying. For, for quite by, by the league, now. the PA, by individual teams, sure. this, this is a failing yep. across the board. Agreed. Yep. And, 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 and that's why we're saying right now that like the NFL is not going to reverse course on this because that would be them admitting that they screwed up. They're right. not going to do that. They're never going to do yeah. that. And this is also their version of beating into everyone's head, right? Like it, it's it's my complaint about the NFL. This all is the their time. moment, right? They're, yeah. they're reactive instead of proactive. All these other leagues are, are proactive. And, and granted, they've had their scandals in the past, too. But like going forward they've been proactive about it and so i don't know it's again it's frustrating it's stupid um i i do think part of the reason why so many of these players did this too is like they don't realize how good phones are at tracking stuff no, they don't the, realize yeah, the, the apps that, that, the geolocations yeah, the books are have, giving you up the books have to have geolocations to make sure you're in a legal state where you're betting and so therefore they have very pinpoint accuracy. And now I think a lot of players are learning that about the app that they probably didn't know before. Is this going to turn into Ryan? Is this going to turn into that stupid line from uh, um, Chris Carter that they got to have a fall guy? Yeah. I, I don't know why I you're not stupid. placing. I don't know why you're not placing your bets through your cousin at this point. I think that's still like, that's still just as bad in the NFL's eyes, but yes, agreed. Like just, to have a friend who can like, just like say, just take your account or something. I don't know, man. Like there, there's so many things about why this didn't need to happen the way that it did. And it just sucks because once again, at the end of the day, as far as we come to it, the lions are still at the epicenter and missing one of their starting wide receivers for six games in a, in a year where they hope to win the division. Yeah. And we're stuck having to spend the first segment of this podcast talking about how their wide receiver group is ranked 23rd in the nfl thanks nfl (laughs) it all ties back i guess the last point of this subject is this it are we gonna see even more jeremy i think we're probably done for the most part like right after the the first wave came out there was like by the way the nfl's investigating a second wave so if a third wave is coming we'd probably hear about it pretty soon about the investigations being underway but yeah, and I thought we had heard something about there was maybe going to be a fifth lion, but I think clearly probably that. Well, that was Demetrius like, Taylor. Oh, that yeah, but because right, yeah, he was for, part of the former lion. Yeah, 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 but that's what I mean. Like they're all former lions. When yeah. I saw that news, I was worried it was someone on the current lions roster. Right. right, and that doesn't seem to be the case. Correct. But yeah, gambling I, is bad. Gambling is bad, Ryan. Yeah this this whole thing has actually been an intervention for you, Ryan. Ryan. Put down the phone. Like I I know it's 10 minutes before the summer league tip off. You do not need to place a bet on Spurs Hornets. The good thing that Jeremy doesn't have any team policies that say that I can't gamble from home on NBA summer league games. You know what? You can gamble, but just not while on Pride of Detroit time, not during the podcast. And you know what? That includes (laughs) if you, you have to read the fine print that includes during scraps. 
So oh. Ryan's going to Irish goodbye is what you're saying. <laughs> Mark that off on the bingo card. We talked about scraps <laughs> on the podcast. And the Irish goodbye. <laughs> Might happen. Can you even still call it an Irish goodbye? Is that just offensive? I don't know. Call in and let us know. Yeah. Well, we got call in shows. 97, 97, 97. Yeah, on Twitter Spaces, that'll last. On Twitter Spaces, if yeah, (laughs) like those always work. Twitter Spaces, right? Yeah. Pride of Detroit is single-handedly killing a bunch of platforms. Spotify Live, dead. Knock, 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 knock. Twitter Spaces, dead. Twitch, you're next. (laughs) Please don't. We need the money. (laughs) You might not be wrong. All right, guys. Uh, This week. I, are we getting to the uh, are we getting to the Georgia Tech guy with Jimmy? Yes. Gibson? Yes. yes. Final episode of our first bite draft review. We have a guest settled for what is it? Thursday at five Thursday at five or six p.m. I don't remember which one. Mm. One of those two. If you want to catch it live on Twitch TV slash Pride of Detroit. But if you want to know a little bit about Jameer Gibbs, I think we had a great discussion with uh, Travis Rear, right? Yep. Yep. Um, I just wanted to make sure I was getting his last name correct. But like, yeah, great show. Gave us a lot of insight on, albeit just one year, Jameer Gibbs. But that's why we're talking to uh, to some Georgia Tech people coming up this week to get a more full picture of mm-hmm. who Jameer Gibbs is a running back slash wide receiver that PFF doesn't care about. Uh, call-in show, mailbag, they're all coming all your it. way. Might have something else in the works eventually for the feed bum, bum, nope. bum. no promises yet we're still cooking over here first you got to make the roux and we got to get out of here for myself for jeremy reisman for ryan matthews for all of our twitter handles that may be dead within a month's time we'll see you star side <laughs>